Hello and welcome to episode 232 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. The Group 1 Sun Chariot Stakes is the feature race at Newmarket as they race again at Flat HQ on Saturday. There are two Group 3 races on Ascot's Con plus the 7 furlong Howden Challenge Cup also taking place on Saturday afternoon. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of this weekend's racing action, including a few selections in the Whirlpool betting market that are available at Newmarket, plus Wally Pyra, he looks ahead to Sunday's meeting in Hong Kong. Well, Bill, we look forward to this weekend's action on TV. We've got three meetings to look forward to in Newmarket, Ascot, and also a race from Redcar for the two-year-olds. So we'll cover the ITV races on the podcast this weekend. Looks like the ground's going to be set fair. Not too much rain around, so it's going to be good on the firm side of good in, in certain places. All seems pretty fair, and everyone knows what they're getting this weekend. Yeah, I think, and I think particularly around Ascot Way, they're saying it's going to be 24 degrees. So, I mean, proper unseasonable weather. So, you know, it's going to start drying out. I'm expecting the ground at Ascot to be quite quick on the straight course. They're, they're calling it today on Friday good on the straight course, good good to soft on the round course. But I don't think there'll be any good to soft come Saturday. If, if it is 24 degrees, <clears throat> I think it'll end up being quick ground. Now, ITV covered three races at Newmarket on Saturday. But Whirlpool, they're in town for the first four, aren't they? 1.30, 2.05, 2.40 and 3.15. So it's uh, Sun Chariot Day at Newmarket, which is obviously the Group 1. And the first time that Whirlpool have taken this day in their calendar. Yeah, it's a split It's a split Whirlpool meeting. So there's four races from uh, international races and four races from Newmarket, which they pop on. But enough ITV don't take the third of uh the rate the 240 race but they take the other three races um but yeah punters are going to have some interesting kind of swelled um global pools to get their teeth into so when we look in the market in a minute we'll look at the kind of quinella plays um to see if there's any value to be had now some news coming through that you've got a wednesday column in in city am which is new which comes out in print you can get a print version on the Wednesday every week now, looking forward to the weekend action. So it's a kind of a, a midweek anti-post piece that you're writing now. Yeah, so the paper doesn't publish on Fridays anymore um, because obviously the the city, has, since COVID, no one goes into London on Fridays anymore. So um, there's no point having a print edition on a Friday. And we used to look at the weekend stuff in print on the Friday. And now, now we've just switched that to the Wednesday. So it's more of an anti-post steer. It's ahead of declarations. So as followers of this kind of podcast will know, it's steeped in risk because you don't know whether they're going to run. You can do your money before they, the day of the race, but you can also get some good value. And um, yeah, as we go through it, uh, if you haven't picked up that paper on Wednesday or seen it online, I will make reference to what I've selected, um, even if they don't line up. But luckily, all three selections are declared. So. Uh-huh. whether they run or not it's still still to be ready to see but we should should have people who follow that should have some decent prices okay so you can find that on city am uh website if you go to sport and then punter you'll see that bill's couple of pages are up there looking forward to the weekend action which we will do right now and we'll start off at new market obviously whirlpool are there for the first four the first race of the day is at one thirty on Saturday. Eleven runners over a mile and a quarter for the Phillies. And I don't have. I'm not a big stats man. I don't have piles of stats lying around the house. Thankfully, my wife would say. You're going to say now. I don't know how many times Ryan Wall's written for Charlie Appleby. Is you going to say? You took the words as Mitlove once yeah, said, right out of my mouth. How, has it ever happened? Have you have you ever seen Ryan Moore on a Charlie Appleby Godolphin horse? He rides whispering words here. Has it happened? Yeah, I'm not sure if it has. He may have ridden for him in America. Uh, you know, when it, when um, when one of those when he's had one of those forays with uh, when Coolmore and Godolphin have runners in yeah. in the states, he may have ridden yeah. one of those or Canada or somewhere like that. But I don't think from I, I can't recall him um, him riding um, riding one. I, it's it's a it's a strange but good good jockey jockey booking booking. I mean, I I suppose they're um, the two parties are 
kind of buying each other's stallions and buying each other's horses. So, um, yeah, uh, it's 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 not something you usually see. So Ryan's on board for Charlie Avery on this whispering words, who was a winner at Newmarket and then finished second at Kempton. Got Red Daniel going for Roger Varian stable. Totnes goes for Andrew Balding, having just had two weeks off from her latest run, the daughter of Kingman. She ran behind Balance Play at Newbury, one that you tipped up Balance Play. The one that I tipped up as well, which is amazing, quite incredible. Uh, Queen Regent's in there as well. So Qatar race have got a horse, which means that Asheen had to ride Queen Regent and he couldn't ride a Godolphin horse. So they just went to the best jockey in the world in Ryan Moore. How do you see the opener, the Phillies handicap? It's a tricky contest, as you, as you can imagine. Um, I was just going to go back on our previous conversation. Ryan Moore had rid, has ridden for him. He rode first ruler for him at Ascot last September, September the 22nd. Um, well just done. To check well, well, it's talking. I had a vague memory that he may have ridden um, first ruler, and it was the horse he rode finished third on it. Um, but yeah, this race is this race is uh, a typical tricky betting heat. There, whispering words is the obvious one on paper. Um, the step up in trip is bound to suit. But you know all the factors we've just been talking about. The fact that Ryan Moore's booked to ride. It's the price is 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 just not there. That's that's the biggest issue. She she's kind of nine to four best price, two to one. Um, she was second on on the all weather last time. Looks like the step up in trip will be crucial. Um, bound to be there or thereabouts. Probably has to be um, the perm of any kind of Quinella play because she just could be a cut above these. Uh, in terms of who who else to include in it, I, I, I keep stakes small. I'd probably throw Totnes of Andrew Baldings in, um, who was brave at Newbury the other the other day behind balance play. Um, you know, the ground was pretty bad that day and that, that was only had a couple of weeks to get over those exertions, so that's the worry with her. Mm. Um, Queen Regent of a, for the Gostons, Oshin Murphy. Um, you know, nearly got put through the rails at Salisbury last time, so probably forgiven that and the drop back in triple suit. So uh, I'd keep stakes to bare minimums in this and I'd play Whispering Words, Totnes and uh, Queen Regent and a bit of a Quinella and um, see what bites. But I, I wouldn't have the strongest of views uh, I don't really like these kind of Phillies handicaps at this time of year because some of these have had really hard seasons. And what tends to happen is you get horses like Chrysalium, who's done nothing that suddenly bounces back and frustrates you. It's it's just that kind of race. So I'd play those three, um, Whispering Words, Totnes and Queen Regent in a small state's Quinella. At 2.05, the race over six furlongs. It's an auction stake, so a big field of 22 Look to go to post. In the field of 22, you've got an even money favourite in Zulu Chief, who goes for Heather Main and Gina Mangan, having won the last two races at Windsor and at York, both over this trip. Woodhay Wonder is with Tom Ward, PJ McDonald on board, winner at Newmarket. Grey Grey for Ed Dunlop goes with Midnight Runner, Michael Dodds coming down with the winner from Thirsk over seven furlongs and others in this one as well. Big fields of 22, etc. Evens the field. Does Zulu Chief stand out that clearly in this race for you? Yeah, it's one of those one of those tricky races because Zulu Chief was brilliant in, in his nursery at uh, York the last time. Um, we scooted scooted away with that and formula rock solid. You know, Starlust, who he beat that day, um, actually ran well behind Van Diet last week and they supplemented him for that middle part. So, um, the form is a cut above. He's going to get the sound surface that he likes. Uh, the problem is, is that everyone knows that. Everyone can see that. The bookies can see that. And you're being asked to take even money. So it's not... Um, it's one of those really hard, do I take him on? Do I, do, do I oppose him or not? Um, I, I didn't have the strongest of views. I thought that uh, Midnight Runner could run well. Uh, Michael Dodds's um, Colt ran one well at first last time, and you know the drop-in trip is the question mark with this horse. But um, he was very keen at first, and, and the drop-in trip will will um, will probably suit. Um, but you're asking him to take a giant step forward, 
and Sulu Chief to take a bit of a step back for the two to meet somewhere. Um, and that's just a niggling worry. And Sulu Chief's got the experience. I just expect him to win. Um, but from a Quinella point of view, I'd probably play Midnight Runner small each way and kind of throw him in with Zulu Chief and a Quinella. Now, the next race is not on TV on Saturday. So our next one that we're going to look at is the feature race at 3.15, the one mile the Sun Chariot Stakes, Group 1 for Phillies and Mez, part of the British Champion Series, and eight of them due to go to post for this. And we've got another even money favourite, but one that we know quite well. The four-year-old in spiral goes for the Gostons with Frankie de Tori on board. Uh, having coming out of that, uh, Jacques Marwa, the Group 1 at Deauville that she won, having disappointed... The time before that at Goodwood, when running in the Sussex Stakes, she was last there behind Paddington on that occasion. She'd won at Deauville before that in August as well, when she won the uh, Jacques Lamar the year before. So she certainly loves to track over there. We're going to get, hopefully, the best of her on Saturday, but I don't know. You don't always know you are going to do that. Now, the French are coming over. Andre Fabre brings over Master Savine who uh, beat Via Sestina at Deauville in the Prigion Romanet. That's a group one for Phillies and Mares. Also won the time before that at Deauville in July. Meditate. I thought they were going to put her away uh, for the year, but she's back out again for Aiden with Ryan on board. But she hasn't won since winning at Keeneland in the Breeders' Cup last season in the grade one juvenile Phillies turf. Heredia's in there. She's won two in a row now for Richard Hannon. Coppice won last time out at Newmarket for the Gostons as well. It's a pretty strong field, good, a lot of depth into this one. How did you see it? The French coming over normally doesn't bode well for the English trainers, does it? Normally, yeah, Andre Farber and his, his raids to to the UK have um, been less prominent in recent years, but certainly um, older racing fans will always, always take note of anything that Farber sends over. Uh, Innsbruck is the is the obvious place to start. When she's good, she's brilliant. When she's not, she's rubbish. You know that's the problem we've got with Innsbruck is that she can throw in a stinker, and there's there are reasons for those stinkers, um, but it just gets you scratching your head head a bit. I mean, she was I never thought she'd take Paddington on on that ground, but they did uh, in the Sussex Stakes, and they brought her out less than two weeks later for. Um, that Jacques Lamaro, I thought she had no chance in that. I thought there's no way that she can put that hard race behind her, where she disappointed in, and she she battered them. She she looked at the winner a long way out, gave way to useful horses like Big Rock, three year olds, and you know the form has substance. You know, light infantry's a, a rock solid you know prospect um anesto we saw run third in the art last week you know triple time queen Anne winner um pair of Anne ran well last week in the art meeting you know there was just it was just one of those races where you thought wow she's back but you always know you're going to have this question mark of is, is she going to back it up with with two good runs um we know she doesn't like really soft ground um that was probably evident on Champions Day last year. She looked a bit over the top. Um, so whether October's her time of year is the obvious thing. But, you know, you've got to go back and say she won a Phillies Mile two years ago in, in, in one of her best performances um, on this track, over a mile this trip, uh, on rain, soft and ground. She's going to get decent ground. It's just whether she can hold her form. I think she can. I think she's the most likely winner. Um, <clears throat> she's had a light campaign. That's the key. She's only had the three runs. Um, if she re- gets within three or four pounds of that performance in France, she'll win this. And there's no real obvious reason to say she can't. The price isn't terrific. Um, she meets something different in um, Miss de Savend, or however you pronounce it, from France, um, who's on a steep upward curve. But you would have thought the ground might be a bit lively for, for that one. Um, you know, you've got to go back to to August last year in Deauville when, when she met ground as lively as this um, and she was beaten that day. Um, she won the, the the race over this distance of, of a mile in uh, the pre-Rothschild um, back in July. That was her only real 
dalliance back to a mile and she i mean to say scrambled home is a bit unfair but she just held on whether she's got the gears for a fast ground mile at newmarket i don't know um from a quinella whirlpool perspective you have to have Innsbruck in because she could dot up um but i think you could be brave enough to leave the french french filly out probably got that wrong lots of people fancy her she's very good but i would be tempted to leave her out and then probably throw meditating um with Heredia, I think they're two very interesting fillies. Heredia's on the steep upward curve. She's a filly we know lots about. We've been with her on plenty of occasions, but I was really impressed. She broke my heart a bit last time because um, regular listeners will remember I put up Queen for You at Sandown and just got mowed down late by Heredia. And I thought, wow, she's 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 taking big steps forward. Um, and Meditate, who's had a really disappointing season, seemed to be kind of um, reinvigorated by the application of blinkers last time in Leperstown. Um, she actually ran quite well in the matron stakes. She was fourth um, and ran on a bit, but kind of just shaped like she was coming to hand. And I, I would totally see her running well. So, yeah, I, I think Innsbruck will win. Um, but I'd play her in a Quinella with Meditate and Heredia and um, try and get the French one out, 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 out the Quinella. But fascinating race. OK, that's the new market action on Saturday. Let's have a look at four races from Ascot, starting at 1.50 with a five-furlong listed race. Field of nine, Emirati Anna's at the top of the list here for Kevin Ryan and Neil Callan, having been placed in a couple of listed recently, uh, being in uh, August at Newmarket and September up at York. Corker is in this one, having been tipped up by me many times. He finally went and won uh, a conditions race up at Beverly on the 26th of September when I wasn't on. But it was two to one, so I didn't lose too much sleep over that. Nymphadora, she's been busy for Andrew Balding, and she's in this race as well. Range of Bambi's in there for Eve Johnson Horton, who always seems to do well with, with her runners, designer and the, the ever lovable Chipstead's also in this opener of Emirati Anna. Uh, he never runs a bad race, does he? Yeah, he he doesn't, and he hasn't kind of hit the heights. You remember, um. This is a former July Cup winner. He's a horse who um, hasn't really... Uh, sorry, Haydock Sprint Cup winner, I should say. Um, that first Sprint, Sprint Cup winner. Um, he hasn't hit the great heights this season that you might have expected him to. Uh, been lightly raced. Um, you know, wasn't... wasn't Had had wind surgery after, after his reappearance and then didn't run great at Royal Ascot, but just in the last two runs at beaten a neck by Lazoo at Newmarket. Um, and then it was an okay step in the right direction again behind Comanche Falls um, at York. Uh, all these over six, but it's the sprinting form as in the pro, raw five, five and a half furlong form that I'm interested in with this lab because, you know, you got to remember he was, he was third in last year's Nunthorpe. Um, behind Highfield Princess and the Platinum Queen and was beaten a whisker. I fancied him in, in America um, to run well at a big price. We actually put him up on this, this podcast and he got within half a length. He was 20-odd to one. Got within half a length of Caravel. Was probably two strides from winning that. And that was a hell of a run. You know, you just got to look at that run over on fast ground in America. Creative Force, who's sadly no longer with us, but third. Highfield Princess in fourth. Flotus, Campanelle, Golden Powell, Go Bears Go, Naval Crown. How many of these in this race could get any, any of them? That's what you've got to ask yourself. And I just wonder whether Emiratiana has landed in much calmer waters here in listed level and has a chance to go and win one of these prizes. Nine to four at Hills, I think it's a fair price. I could see him starting shorter. Kevin Ryan's been amongst the winners. Uh, you just got to look where the opposition comes from. Corker could win this. The setup of the race could easily set up for a closer like Corker. Um, you know, came back to winning form last time, but, you know, he's got a fair old gap to close on rating. He's got nine pounds to find from somewhere if Amaraltiano runs up to his level. Uh, Nymphadora ran second to Thunderbear at Newbury, and we obviously covered Thunderbear a lot last week. Um, off a mark of 104. Again, you know, she, she's penalised in this. I, I just would seriously worry about whether 
she also had too hard a race. Is she just a bit better on softer ground too? Um, and then Rage of Bambi and designer who was behind in, in that race too. Um, look, I, I'm all about Emiratiana here. I think I think the the one that could beat her, beat her could beat him is is Corker. But I think Emiratiana at nine to four is a good bet. Um, you know, there might be a horse like Chipstead who bounces back, but lots of these horses have either been on the go a long way or just haven't been in form. And Emirati Anna might just be coming to the boil. And uh, yeah, gets my vote of confidence here. Okay, that's the opener then at Ascot on Saturday. 2.25, it's a mile and a half. The Cumberland Lodge Stakes is a group three with a field of eight and a couple of Shadwell horses dominating the market here. Al-Azi, for William Haggis, got Jim Crowley on board, who's been winning in Group 3 company. Rosa Lancaster Stakes at Haydock, the most recent one at Newbury in a listed race before that. And then went to Ireland to Leopardstown and ran second in the Group 3 over there behind Adelaide River. Takes on Isra from the Gostons, but in the same colours. And Benoit de la Sayette rides this horse that won uh, Group 2 when he won the Princess of Wales Stakes over 12 furlongs at Newmarket, but uh, disappointed in the September stakes when six or seven behind Bay Bridge on that all-weather for Kempton. Al Karim's in there for Carl Burke. Claymore is in there, and Postelio's in there as well, and Fortino too. A um, couple of Shadwells at the top of the market here for the Cumberland Lodge. Al Arzi has got Group 3 form, but Israel's got Group 2 form. How did you sit between those two in particular? Yeah, Al Arzi's got Group 1 form. Poor old Al Arzi. You don't say he's got Group 3 form. He was beaten uh, in head bobs in Group 1s. He's a proper Group 1 horse on his day. He is indeed, yeah. yeah. A, l- a long, long time ago. Um, this was the first anti-post selection. We, we actually put up um, Al Arzi on, on Wednesday uh, at a much bigger price than he is now. He, he was, when, when we kind of went to print, he was fives with William Hill. Um, and that kind of dried up, but there was seven to two around with with Coral, and it was the, the anti-post favourite for the race was Hamish. And my argument in the pavement, pay paper pavement, my argument in the paper uh, on Wednesday um, and online was that I couldn't see Hamish being declared for this race because he's a soft ground horse. Now I know they're calling the going um, good, good to soft in places, but it's been that all week, and it's been dry today, well Thursday today friday and it's going to be set fair with 24 degrees and i just couldn't see hamish taking his chance and i felt that el arzi who's a slight enigma was the one to beat in this on the basis that he could have won in ireland last time he's going to get the conditions run suit he's a a course and distance winner um so he loves the track. He beat Mandu back here in May. Um, and he's just found that consistency after that terrible run in July. He's he's run three really good races. Obviously, he won at Newbury over a mile and a quarter. Um, he won that BL drama in the Rose of Lancaster um, in Haydock when everyone was, was prepared to try and take him on and was painfully unlucky to... to um, not get to Adelaide River. I mean, Jim Crowley gave him a fair bit to do uh, in that Group 3 at Leperstown last time, um, trying to give allowance to a good three-year-old, um, but mowed down the outside and was just pipped. Uh, I just felt the conditions of this race were set up nicely. His biggest danger could well be Isra. Uh, we're carrying the same colours, the Hamdan colours, uh, Shabbat colours. Um you could probably forgive Israel that run on the weather, just nothing went right um, behind Baybridge. I actually fancied him behind Baybridge and he was woeful that day. Um, but he'd previously beaten ADR. Um, you know, he, he he could easily be the one that that, that could serve it up to Al-Azi. But he's penalised um, for that success. And, you know, his, his demolition job um, of ADR in, in the Group 2 Princes of Wales might just cost him here because he has to, you know, shoulder a, a, a penalty here. Uh, he's got two pounds more than Alazi, and that just might swing it in Alazi's favour. Um, there's a fair few that fancy Al Kareem, who bounced back and beat Blue Stocking last time on background, but I think it's stamina that won Al Kareem the day there. He was stuttering his stuff over a mile of six and mile of four on fast ground. Whether he's got the gears to to hold off uh, the likes of. 
Isra and El Arzi. He'll probably go forward and probably go quite hard to let his stamina come into play. But I think that might just help El Arzi because it'll pull him into the race. Um, so long-windedly, I haven't changed my opinion from Wednesday. I still think El Arzi is the one to beat. Uh, I think the conditions of the race will play to suit. I think um, 7 or 4 with William Hill currently is still value. I can see him starting a fair bit shorter than that still. Um, and I think he remains the one to beat. Okay. Confirming Wednesday's anti-post tip, Al Alzi. Looks like a comfortable winner at Ascot on Saturday at 2.25. At 3 o'clock, we've got the the Bengoth Stakes, which is a group three with 10 runners over the six furlong trip. And Comanche Falls takes on Juan Lapan once again. They met up recently at uh, York in a listed race there where Comanche Falls was the winner. And he's been such a wonderful servant. It's only six, but he just wins loads of races, doesn't he? Won the dash over at the Curra. Uh, he uh, won the Group 3 Hackwood Stakes at Newbury as well. Taking on Anaf, who's uh, been great for Mick Appleby. Got Ross Orion on board, having won at Doncaster. He won the Portland, and of course the second horse on that day significantly went up and won the the air gold cup so that form has been franked if you ever needed it to be garris is in there for charlie hills dark trooper for ed walker as i mentioned juan lapin another mick appleby horse with ali rawlinson on board he's back in for some more happy romance Uh, she goes in here having disappointed uh over at uh, long shot in the foray she was beaten over seven lengths and she also got beat at uh, Donny in that Portland race as well. Pink Crystal's in here, so is Rumstar and Jumby and Vadrim. Well, uh, she's going to need some rain, which she's probably not going to get. So uh, Comanche Falls is uh, another one of these horses, but like Summerhand, didn't he? You sort of know what you're going to get with him. Yeah, he's he's rock solid. Um, been in great form this this season. Uh, you know, he's, he, he, we knew him as a as a kind of seasoned handicapper who'd, who carried bid weights to to victory in some of those handicaps. You know, shouldered 103 to win a Stewart's Cup um, last year, and you know, they, those were were you know was just touched off uh, behind Summerhand twice. Was was ran off 109 in an Air Gold Cup last year, so we always felt that he'd make the transition into kind of group horse and, and he's done that and uh you know one one on his travels at the uh, the Carver and newbury and at york last time like you said um rock solid this is a very difficult race um i spoke to ali rawlinson earlier in the week who rides swan lapan and i'm gonna meet him on saturday and, get, and, and walk the course ahead of the race because we, we did so ahead of the um Wokingham when he was just touched off um, there isn't much pace in the race and look to be that many front runners um, in this so it might become quite a tactical affair um, I thought it was painfully hard from a betting point of view I thought you know Dark Trooper is a horse I know connections are toying with sending him to Hong Kong so they're almost trying to make him into a fast ground horse uh, when all his best form was shown on the soft um it's it's just one of those horror stories of a of a race i i, I you know i i'm I, i'm led to probably want to swing at one of the outsiders in this just because i think it's the shape of the race i think that the obvious ones like comanche falls and anaf and juan lapan they'll all be in a line they'll all be racing and it's just something that might um stick its head out at a decent price and I'm going to surprise you, but I'm going to go with Happy Romance. I'm not surprised. Mm. <laughs> she's been so busy at, uh, of late, but she's she's one of these battle-hardened, you know, she's supposed to be doing the paper round tomorrow morning. You know, she was fourth <laughs> in, in to Alaf in the, in the Portland, and then she went to France over seven. Um, she ran all right. She was seven or 14. You know, she was beaten seven lengths um, over a trip that doesn't really suit Um but they gave connections another day out. But here she is back over six on fast ground. And she's got some rock solid Ascot six furlong form. And I, I said to you earlier, you know, how many horses can get within touching distance of some of these. And this is a horse who got within two lengths of Naval Crown and in, in that Platinum Jubilee last year. Um, you know, in it, they're all in a heap, but she's, she's rock solid and, 
if she can return to anything like that form, I thought she'd run really well. But I thought it was a, a, a trappy race, small stakes. I'd play um, happy romance each way, at kind of 11 or 12s. Okay, I backed her for the Portland, and it was five and a half. This is six. She was staying on. She only got a big couple of lengths. Never really got into the race, so maybe uh, Saturday is going to be her day. Good luck to you with that selection. We've got one more at Ascot before we look at one at Redcar. Ascot 335, it's the Howden Challenge Cup. Heritage Handicap, maximum field of 18 going to post for this one. I think we should have a competition on the, the podcast one day. Uh, if one any listener can guess who's going to ride the Ammo Racing Horse of the week, because they seem to have more jockeys riding for Ammo than the Aidan O'Brien has horses in his yard. Baradar is the horse they've got this week. George Bowie trains and Hector Crouch rides for the first time on what could be one of the favourites here. Popmaster's in there for Ed Walker. We love Popmaster. It's gone up £6 for a win at Newbury over seven furlongs in a listed race. I know I keep saying this one, but Fresh does love Ascot. And James Fanshawe has got him in this race as well. There's that wonderful Quinault for Stuart Williams, who's won so many races in a row, then finished third at Ascot over six in the Shergar Cup, and then came back and beat Potmaster over seven at Ascot in a handicap on good to firm going. He's got quite a few things going in his direction. The likes of Biggles is in here as well. Uh, Orban, I think, is going to go into this one. I know it's part of your Wednesday column with Bless Him as well that you, you put up. But Bless Him's been beaten by a few of these. He's been behind Quinnell, behind Barador, was behind Biggles as well. Are you still with Bless Him going into Saturday? Yeah, I mean, the, the difficult thing about this race is, is that we've got so many old friends, so many old favourites, and the market is... Well, the market tells you how competitive it actually is. You know, starting before we go on to the two that I put up, you know, starting at the top, you know, the likes of Baradar, Popmaster, Fresh, Quinault. You can see it's a per- it's a perfect bookies race because the four horses I've just named, you'll find good judges that will all fancy different ones of those because you can make a case out for them because um, they've been in terrific form. Plenty of these have course and distance, recent course and distance successes uh, on their CV, and it's hard to go away from them. But the time of the year is the key to this. And what you've got is you've got in-form horses who are climbing the handicap, meeting out-of-form horses who are falling down the handicap, and where those two meet is where the bet should be struck. And actually, sometimes it's worth, even though it can be painful, and we can get it wrong, jumping off the bandwagon. So, for example, a horse like Quinault. He just keeps going up. He's up another five pounds. Uh, we beat Popmaster over course and distance in in a in a driving finish with Hickory, who runs the first three home from that bet through six five handicap in the in the ninth of September on that course and distance. They all reoppose, but it's that slightly harder task when you're nudged up in the handicap. And the, some of the ones that were behind them those days, like 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 the horse we mentioned, bless him, is being given a chance by the handicap to get that little bit closer and i'm i'm keen to swing at two that I, the two i put up in the paper in the week i'm not going to abandon them at this point um i think they have genuine chances um bless him is a horse who i headlined who's 20 to uh, 20 to 1 as a bet um if you've got a bet 365 account you can still get 20s i don't see a flood of money for him because he's not he's a 9 year old um but he would just be my selection now the reason i like him is because i think the conditions of the race will suit he'll get his beloved fast ground um weirdly the race that he was when you say he was behind Quinault, uh, off a off a pound higher mark um, Haley Turner rode in that day and he was just completely out of his ground right out the back they didn't go particularly hard and fast it was a trappy kind of funny run race and he just had too much ground and picked off a few late on and finished seventh of 14 um, last weekend at Newmarket he came out and if you watch a replay of that race again out of his ground in another very strong run race and made up loads of late ground I was actually interfered with got got he ran up the back of horses but was flying late on and I remember thinking right 
if he reappears the following week, as in this week, in that Challenge Cup, I will want to be with him because he's going to get a big field. He's going to get a very fast pace to run at. Um, and Haley can bring him into the race and produce him late and pounce on the line. And look, he's nine. He's not thrown in. But I just think the shape of the race will help him because there'll be lots of horses to get racing early and it may just play to his strength. So he was one of my selections. Um, the other one was Orban, who you mentioned. Uh, another kind of old friend of mine who caught the eye again last time at York where he just looks like he's beginning to return to something like his best. Um Last year, he was a non-runner in this because the ground was soft. He's much more effective on fast ground. Don't forget he ended up running in the Balmoral Handicap over the, uh, Ascot in, in, on Champions Day last year. Um, he ran off a mark of 100 that day, and he was fifth to Shalia on ground that would have been too soft, only beaten four lengths off that mark of 100. Here he is lining up today off a mark of 90. Uh, so he's 10 pounds better than that. He did hold an entry on today, Friday, but connections were just waiting to see whether he got into this and then he got into this and they pulled him out um i just thought he was he was really interesting the same stable have got escobar who's another horse who kind of won this last year and he's off a lower mark so i i think david omar is man to follow in these kind of handicaps and yeah I, i've gone with orban who i think will run really well at around 60 well he was 33s on wednesday he's around 16 now i think he'll run really well and I'll also go with bless him um, at the prices because I just think the race, will, the shape of the race, will be set up to play to his strengths. Great stuff, and don't forget now every Wednesday on the City AM website and also in print, you can read Bill's anti-post tips for the weekend, and we'll uh, follow that up obviously on the podcast every Friday as we do, looking ahead to the weekend races that we had at uh, Newmarket and Ascot. One more race to look at, which is on TV. On Saturday, it's a red car. It's at two forty-five, and that's why they can't show the the new market race, I guess, because it clashes with this. It's the the two-year-old Trophy listed over six furlongs, only eleven. It's normally quite a bigger field for this, but eleven. Interesting here that Dragon Leader goes. We spoke to Kenneth Valley uh, last week, Sam Hoskins, who uh, had a couple of runners on the weekend. They've got Dragon Leader here, who's won three of his four races. He's behind Room Service. Uh, Donny over six and a half in that two-year-old stakes race, and most recently, well, twenty-three days ago, in fact, and Richard Kinscott gets them out on Saturday, taking on Killian, who early on in his two-year-old career looked very impressive, wins at Newcastle and one in particular at Sandown, winning by six lengths. He looked a real deal under Ryan Moore, just tapered off a little bit since then. He's been third. Sixth and fifth, and Sam James takes over from Ryan t on Saturday. Flacky Anello goes here for Richard Fahey in the Ammo Racing Colours. It's a Sheen or the stable jockey for Fahey, who's on board. Horse that won up at Air and won its nursery over six furlongs. Action Point is in there as well. The King and Queen have got works of art for Andrew Balding and Ballon d'Or. I know they had high hopes of this. Michael Owen, part owner, he won the Ballon d'Or when he played for Real Madrid. They really wanted a good horse. And he started off pretty well, second uh, at Epsom, but uh, again, a horse that's petered off and hasn't really picked up and won't be winning any Ballon d'Or trophies himself for Hugo Palmer. It's a, a tricky one, but and once again, Kenneth Valley, I've got a horse with a real chance here. Yeah, massive, massive chance. Uh, he, you just got to look at the, 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 this was a great, great bit of, Placing by, you know, Clive Cox and 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 Sam and Piers at Kennet Valley because they were talking before this horse got beaten on the ground that's probably too soft at Doncaster uh, in that valuable sales race which they had to go for really because just the sheer volume of the prize money. Yeah, he's a horse that's he's already one hundred and fifty grand or two hundred grand. He's won um, in these valuable sales races. They were talking about having a spinner some of the top two-year-old races, you know, the Middle Park, Dewhurst. Um, and Sam Hoskins was, was saying that it's very difficult for the smaller owners to, if you if you don't know what you've got, you don't enter them in these races. And then the supplementary fees are so huge. You can't put them in these races. And 
instead of going to the Dewhurst next weekend or wherever or the few weekends time, they're ending up here and it's a much better option for them. There's really good prize money on offer. Um, 85 grand to the winner. And the terms of the race, because the weights are obviously framed, not according to handicap mark, but according to a kind of sales value initially, is that he's taking on horses who on paper he's far better on and he's getting weight for them. So he only has to carry eight stone eight. Uh, he's getting the best part of a stone from Killian. Um, who's been a bit disappointing. But, you know, there's a horse like Love Billy Boy who I'm keen on um, as a long-term prospect, bounced back at, at uh, air last time. But he's he's a horse rated 85, and I've always felt that blinkers would help him. You know, on ratings alone, he's £11 inferior um, to Dragon Leader. But here you go. He's 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 got to carry nine stone four and dragon leaders carrying eight stone eight, so it's just an impossible task um, at the weights to to you know give give a horse that's rated you know your superior ten pounds. It just makes it really t- tricky. I mean, dragon leader um, should win this with his head in his chest. Uh, he's priced accordingly. Uh, best price four to six. Um, I've abandoned the Killian ship. I thought he was a really good bet last time buying Big Eves and he was terrible again. I just, you know, whether it's trip or ground or whatever, he's just not the same horse that that we kind of visually saw at Sandown. Um, I think he's opposable. Um, I think that Dragon Leader will run a massive race. Um, I could easily see Love Billy Boy hitting the frame at 20s, but... Uh, there's no point wasting stakes on it. I think Dragon Leader will win and win easily. Let's have a look at Sunday morning, very early. Six o'clock, it all starts UK time. We course mean Hong Kong, Shartin Racecourse for another 10 race card. And our expert Wally Pyra joins us to look ahead to the action and i think wally this weekend we've got a mixture a bit of turf and a little bit of dirt as well a mixture of hong kong on sunday yes you're right but listen more importantly we've got to start Mm -hmm. um on saturday morning because we've got hong kong's finest champion galloper romantic warrior yeah he's seeking to be only the second horse to ever win a race in Australia. And 18 of them have tried. The last one was 2005. I was called Cape of Good Hope. But this romantic warrior has got a favourites chance when he lines up in the Group 1 Turnbull Stakes over 10 furlongs at Flemington. Unfortunately, it's a little bit early on Saturday morning at 6.25, but it'll be a prelude to the attack on the Australia's Cox Plate. Everything seems to have gone well after a bit of a rocky start with a romantic getting over there um, with his feed and etc etc. But everything now has gone according to plan. Danami Trainer is over there. As I say, McDonald is riding him. He will be favourite. He's got the outside draw. But really and truly from a Hong Kong perspective, it's really it would be great to see him win. And then if he does win, He'll certainly be favourite for the Cox Plate. So for any Hong Kong followers, listen, tune in on 6.25 on Saturday morning and see if the champion can win over there. Now, going on to Sunday, as you said at Shartin, yes, it's a mixed card of six turf races, four all-weather races. But more importantly, and unfortunately, the weather has raised its ugly head again. We've got a tropical cyclone uh, circling the city again. It's going to throw heaps and heaps of rain and thunderstorms. So really and truly, if you're looking for winners at Charted on Sunday, it's best to be able to see if your horses has run already on a, a soft or a yielding service or it can adapt to conditions because that's what it's going to be. It's probably going to be raining all day on Sunday. So bear that in mind before you want to look at the winners. Now, I'm going to focus, probably focus on the later races on the card because they're probably the best ones. The 905 
is a class two sprint on the all-weather service, but it features the all-weather specialist youthful deal. He's won four and been placed twice in six runs. He's gone up 35 points in the ratings, and that's down to his all-weather exploits. His last run on the surface in June really had to be seen to be believed. I mean, he demolished these rivals of, of well, I say he demolished the field on which numerous of the rivals are running against against him again, like Chang Cheng, Prince, Super Wind Dragon, Majestic Stars, Campione, Goko Win. They've all been given a chance because he's he went up ten pounds for that victory, but what I'd say is he's rock hard fit, and we I know we're early in the season. Um, he's trialed. He's already had a run on turf. He finished, I think he finished last, but that was against Victor the winner, the flying machine Victor the winner and Lucky Swainers. So that was what he was competing against. He's got draw one, very important draw on the all-weather surface. Um, he will take an awful lot of beating it, but he's well worth watching. He's well worth watching. Now, half an hour, la- well, yeah, half an hour later, we've got a seven furlong trophy race. You could say it's the feature race of the day. Um, it's a you, if it's got the horses like the golden scenery that won the Group 3 Celebration Cup earlier in the season. Um, Keefe and Sweet Encounter, they're they're on the comeback trails because they started last season in such promising fashion and then their form tailed off dramatically. Um, I would say that Sweet Encounter, the trip is too short and it's from the John Size yard and John Size is still looking for his first winner. A few listeners out there, Remember, once he gets a winner, the champion trainer, from then on, he will all the winners will start flowing. Wally, just let me interrupt you there. I know you say he doesn't start off very well, but isn't it a bit of a worry that he hasn't had any winners at all? No, no. In really, September, in the month of September, he very, very rarely has a winner's size. Wow. And he gives his horses runs. I wouldn't worry at all. The the trouble is he's trying to find which is going to be his first winner because he will have some fancied horses. Mm. Um, and you, But once he gets that winner, then the winners will just flow along. So, as okay. I say, keep an eye on John size because it is going to happen. Now, going back to the race, and we've got the other one, Consistent Galloper, who likes soft ground, is fine, my love. But I, I want to look at more closely at Dancing Code from the Casper Founds Yard and Supreme Lucky from Danny Shum's Yard. Now, Dancing Code, I think I've probably mentioned before, is owned by the superstar singer Aaron Kwok. Now, he normally turns up before when the horse is fit and fancy, he normally turns up. Now, whether or not he's going to turn up with the thunderstorm circling and God knows what, I don't know. I don't know about him on Sunday. Probably would know tomorrow. But Casper's in terrific form. And it would be a little bit of an, I have to say this, a little bit of a change of fortune for the jockey, Vincent Ho. How can a jockey dead heat in a race at the Happy Valley on Wednesday and then gets slapped with a 10-meeting fine for seemingly not riding the horse out of the finish. Seems very, very strange. I see a hoe is appealing, and quite rightly he should appeal, but a 10-meeting ban is a pretty str- pretty strong thing to get wow. after you've beated on a horse <laughs> that's flown at the stages of the race. But there we go. Wow. Um, he steps up in trip, this horse, but both his uh, sire and dam have won over seven furlongs, and he did win on heavy ground in Australia. So everything's going for him. So, um, the other one, Supreme Lucky, he obviously better than his handicap, Mark. For, this is the first time he's got a decent draw, draw five. He steps up in distance, um, but he's also won on heavy ground. So those would be the two horses, I would say, people should focus on in that race. But it looks a great race. 
Later, we've got a competitive handicap of 10-10 over a mile. We've got the last start winner, Happy Together, was formerly trained by Richard Gibson, now gone to Frankie Law, and he's he celebrating with just over 400 winners' career. I mean, unbelievable short career. Um, that's going superb, boy. Francis Loy and Bowman, they were last start winners. They're up in trip. And then you've got the likes of Snaffle, Secret Vision, Big Red, all got big chances. But I've just got a point. I think this is so interesting. The most unpredictable, frustrating horse in the race is a horse called Captain Wynn. Now, he ran a pretty decent race last time out, but will he show that show that form again? Who knows? But the fact is that I was looking in the form book, and last year he ran against one of the rivals, um, what was it called, E-Legend, beat him a length, and he's another £20 better off. So if you've ever seen a blot in the handicap, it has to be Captain Wynn. Unfortunately, he does come with a wealth warning. He's he's been tried many times and punters have left their money um behind. So but interesting competitive race. And then we go to the 1045, the last race, which again is an interesting one. I assume by then that the ground will be testing. You've got a horse like Super Fortunes, one on a soft surface in July, did beat one of the rivals, Excellent Fighter, who was runner-up, but Excellent Fighter had a health, um, a health issue in that race. Um, Excellent Fighter has previously shown smart form, both on soft and heavy surfaces. So to me, he's got a big chance. He looked inexperienced last year, but he certainly looks like he's tightened up and looks much more the polished article in the close season. Others to consider, Golden Empire, Perton's Mount, Global Harmony, um, and a bottom weight Greenwich. So all in all, it's a pretty decent card, but what you've got to worry about is what the what the weather conditions are going to be like on Sunday afternoon in Chartin. Well, let's see what the weather gives us then at Chartin on Sunday morning, not used to seeing a lot of rain over in Hong Kong, but when it arrives, it can certainly arrive, and that will change conditions. Thanks to Wally for joining us today, and thanks to Bill for his preview of the UK meetings as well. That's all from us for this episode. We'll be back again next week, a big weekend of racing coming up with Group 1 and, of course, the Cesarowicz races taking place as well. So make sure you join us next Friday if you can. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips and follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music or Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Have a good weekend. Bye for now.